This is the Educational Triage Podcast. Welcome. We invite you to come along with us on an exploration of interviews, issues, and other exciting and relevant topics in education, especially alternative education. They say alternative education is a laboratory for mainstream education. Why? Well, join us every week and listen in as Philip Summers and I, Tony Hunt, jump in feet first to discuss issues that may affect our classes, students, communities, as well as our teaching. Please subscribe if you enjoy and find relevance in what you experience here. And if you haven't left a quick review, please do. We appreciate your candor and insights so we can improve as we move forward. Now, let's see what's on board today. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Educational Triage. This is Tony, and I am, of course, joined by the indomitable Philip. Aloha. And today, we're going to take on two different issues. And we're going to try to keep everything down to no more than 20 minutes for each issue. That sound good? Yes. Okay, good. The first issue that we're going to look at is student voice. And the second one is disrespect in the classrooms and disrespect towards teachers. So student voice. I was reading something somewhere, maybe it was on Twitter, and they were talking about how should we be allowing students a voice in how schools are run, in the scheduling, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I was hearkening back to the old days when I first began in alternative ed. And one of the things that we had was we had a student council And the student council ran everything with the students right there. And, of course, you have a smaller group of students. So you don't have, let's say, 1,800 students. You have maybe, I believe we had something like maybe 80 students at the time. So we had a group of about seven or eight students who would meet, and then they would meet with the director of the program, And they would voice their concerns and then they would meet with everybody else and they would voice their concerns with them and they would try to get everybody on board with some different solutions that they had. Right. So the best effects and after reading the literature, the best effects from coming that come from having something set up where students actually have a bigger voice that help with scheduling, that help with discipline, that help with policies, uh, even food, whatever, is there's far more engagement. There's far more empowerment. You've taken a lot of disenfranchisement away because now they're invested, because now the school has become theirs. Sort of. I, th- I would think open it bigger. If you want to, if you want to enhance the student voice, then um, open up the structure, the, the um, understanding of the structure to the kids at an earlier age, and let them know that by the time middle school hits, they're going to have more responsibilities as a group, 
and there'll be um, like officers or student councils. And by the time that happens in, in middle school, high school then will evolve into almost a community. If you can do that community thing, then they understand their roles. It will actually come to an even better functioning group. I think we're I think we're in parallel universes right now. Kind of. I'm thinking because I'm talking about I'm not talking about middle school. I'm talking about alternative schools. Yeah. And well, and I'm, I'm talking not about talking about in general. Mainstream. We can we can talk about well, mainstream alternative or I'm, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm, I mean, yeah, I know what you're talking about. OK, never mind. You understand what I'm saying? I do. Because if we start looking at what we're doing in the smaller schools i suppose if you had a smaller school that yeah that would work that's exactly the what you need is smaller communities to for it to work right exactly. so if you have a smaller community because yeah. in a larger so in a larger school you're always going to have the people that run for student office yeah. and, and and you still have your disenfranchised students who don't feel as though anybody really cares about them anyway and they're completely checked out and they're already um i don't know what you would call them but they are the kids that are on the fringe they're the ones that are falling through the cracks now what i'm saying is those kids that are falling through the cracks that are on the fringe if they are brought in and they find that they have a voice how do you how do you coddle that out of them i don't know but there's got to be some way because if they're because in an alternative school that is an effective one they're they're made to feel welcome wanted needed heard and valued yeah i was you know you kind of caught me unawares i actually uh, had a guest taught in a, a alternative today but it was a larger venue and when you were speaking of this earlier, I was thinking in that larger context. Mm-hmm. And then I was thinking about how you build these relationships and that, that, that. And then you go, wait, hold the time out. I'm, think- I'm thinking of alternatives. And I thought, oh, yeah. If you do have those relationships, then what you do is, of course, you have that structure built. You know, they don't, you don't have to have to build, to break down barriers so much then you can invest in the students and then you can kind of guide them along as, as far as that goes and build their voice you're right they do feel uh an investment in the community uh, mm-hmm. an investment in the their voice yeah they can say something and it's a grievance but it's not for lack of a better word a bitch. it's like you know stop forming your grievances as complaints and start forming them as solutions you know, start affecting the community in a positive way, not in um, a more immature way. You know what I mean? That sort of way. That's like a true voice of reason, not a voice of complaint. That I think you can do that in a smaller environment. Right. And the entire process has to be learned. It does. And it also, I was just thinking of this too, um, in those groups that we used to have formed in class discussions, they were much smaller and it was more inviting and they were mm-hmm. some of the the um, groups went off some opinions kind of went sideways <clears throat> but the group was kind about it 
and they go, I think what you mean is this instead of that's crazy, which is what you'll kind of get in some classrooms if they get out of control. Right. So you're also teaching active listening. Yes. And you're kind teaching, listening. Yeah. Right. And you're yeah. also teaching empathy. You're teaching, yeah. Yeah. well, everything that you need for SEO. You're learning yeah. how to work Community. within a group dynamic and how to make people feel as though they can be disagreed with and still be respectful. There were some things too about the struggles, you know, they would put some struggles forward and some kids would have more of a struggle with the topic than others, but they'd kind of form together to share it. I, I enjoyed that. Mm -hmm. um, and I know that we had, we had some really deep, deep, deep conversations. Um, the students wanted to talk about race. Uh -huh. And this is back in the early 90s. And yeah. we had some talks about race. And it was really interesting to hear what they had to say. And then there were some elements that they wanted to leave people with mm -hmm. just to kind of uh, masticate and chew mm -hmm. on in their brains and then afterwards we as a staff we actually stayed after much longer for i don't remember how much longer yeah but we listened and we had a discussion with each other on it and it was actually very valuable mm -hmm. for us and i know that the students were far more empowered and there was a lot more that happened. Did it change anybody's life? I don't know. Did it change their perspective? I believe so, because there were some issues that were going on in the community at that time. Slow and fast. Did it, ch did it change it quickly? Maybe no, but did it change it slowly? Yeah, you just mm -hmm. said it did. Right. Yeah, it, did add, it added things. We, we change incrementally all the time right <laughs> and so the students felt that they had a way to communicate with each other yeah and it was really interesting because just the way that they spoke with each other the way that they interacted mm -hmm. but they also talked about things that they really wanted so they talked about classes that they really wanted one of the big yeah. things, one of the big things that we could do there was if you were comfortable teaching a certain kind of class, you were allowed to do it. That was important. We could do that. And so I taught mythology and I taught biology, anatomy and physiology. Um, I also taught choir, um, which turned into more of a music appreciation class. Uh, <laughs> It's, it's really hard yeah. when you have opposing gang members in a class that yeah. you're supposed to be singing music and they don't and, want to sing. And there's not a tenor among them. My gosh, what are you going to do? Anyway, yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, there was, I mean, they, just, they wanted to sing along with their songs. And so that's what we did. Yeah. And then we talked about the music and... Right. But... Um, I got to teach African-American history, orienteering... Oh man! Uh, oh, quantum the quantum theory. We were talking about 
mm-hmm. you know, things based upon, you know, that, the, the double slit experiment and, you know, what really blew up physicists' minds in the 20s and 30s and teens and, and quant, you know, the whole string theory thing. And you don't mm-hmm. have to be a physicist to understand just that it's a, quite a riddle and things like that. I, I taught about the space race, the Apollo programs and the race to the moon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then later on, I was teaching, well, I went to other programs. And so I was able to teach different languages. Yeah. But then I had to run the gamut of all the core curriculum and PE and art and a lot of others. But um, having the students actually voice what it is that they want. Yeah, they wanted to learn this stuff. And giving them a voice makes it their community. And when you're talking about alternative kids, and I'm, and I'm thinking too about schools that, I mean, I know Texas has discipline-oriented alternative ed, and so do a lot of other states. And so when you're talking about these, even if you're in a technical or a, um, or a vocational high school, you still want to have something where the students actually do have a voice and whether or not that that comes from having small groups maybe small advisory groups let's say that you philip you have a class that you're attached to and maybe there's 20 25 kids in that class but you have a good relationship with them and you're able to get them all to talk and everybody else in the building is able to do that as well then they can put forth their voices and they can designate somebody to go up and advocate for them Hmm. in front of the rest of the people in the school. And so you don't have, I think what I'm trying to get away from is where you have clicks like the plastics and the others that you see in all these movies um, who dominate everything. Right. Culture. You want the students to have the culture, but it's it's learning all about what it is to be a community and that they have a voice because that'll give them more agency outside of the school as well. Yeah, it gives them some well control over their learning. What I failed to um, mention about the classes that I taught and in the very arrays that I had. Gosh, I used to have a list of them because I couldn't recall. And there's so many of them. We had morning, afternoon seminars. And so we teach core in the morning and then the afternoon would be up to us. And we'd have the kids give us uh, suggestions or I'd suggest them. But I had lots of suggestions. I did like that was where I did painless Shakespeare because mm-hmm. I told the kids, I don't know Jack about Shakespeare. Really, I admitted it to them. And they go, we don't. And I said, what if I like looked into it and I came back with you and, and that's where we came up with like the ones that I like to teach, the ones that are good. No, <laughs> the ones that actually were basic enough. If you really get into it, I mean, Shakespeare's wonderful. It's like Macbeth is like, I told him, he's like an evil guy. He goes crazy. Da, da, da. It's like, and in the end you just, you know, no man born of woman will, will challenge him, but guess what? Here comes Macduff and he's dead and they love it. You know, and they, they finally learn to understand and appreciate Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. And there it is. You know, we all learn together. So I was teaching courses like that. And they actually suggested things. So they had a lot of agency. Right. I, when, we, when I taught 
Shakespeare at my one room schoolhouse. Yeah. The students kept demanding Hamlet. I hate Hamlet. I, I like Hamlet. I did my best, but <laughs> they demanded we keep doing Shakespeare. And so we ran through The Tempest, Othello, Romeo and Juliet, Richard III, Hamlet. We did so many different works. I'm kind of jealous. They probably would have taught me a lot about that stuff. They I had to go through it, the they, it all, you know. They became very good at it. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason Shakespeare is Shakespeare, but it can't be read by a ninth grader. You know, if you if you well, introduce the Shakespeare by it being read Romeo and Juliet being read by your classmate, you've been cheated. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Yeah. Shakespeare was not meant to be read. No. <laughs> not at all. Performed. So yes. yes. So what I would do is I would put on a recording and then they would follow along. Oh, I I give them a full-blown DVD great nope. performance. Nope. They got that man. later. Oh, but, no. Well, they get to see the full-blown glory of a performance right in their face. Like, nope. I made them blood listen. Blood and gore it. and you name it. Yeah, I made them listen to it. And, and then what they did, because they love just listening to it, because that gets their minds going. And it opens up their imagination. Everything, having everything laid out in front of them takes away, it, it, it. You puts me, you're talking about the snowboarding, you know, pedal to the metal, balls to the walls generation, man. But, this is the flow generation. It's, it's so, computing power doubles every two years. They want it all now. Yeah. Well, they didn't get it. And, and so as a result, <laughs> and then, I learned this from my professor in, at university. I broke up the play into certain sections. And then I told groups that they had to perform certain sections and that they were put into groups and then they had to perform them. And then we would have a mini Academy Awards for different, for different things. So they would all put on the play and it was so much fun. And then they would do that. And then for the movie, I would find a movie that was based on that Shakespeare play, but wasn't that Shakespearean play. And then we would watch that afterwards and they would compare the two. If, they had, if that was their voice and they wanted to do it, it was great then. Yeah. Oh, they loved it. Oh, then there it is. So, but yeah. what I'm talking about and it is... Works. Yeah. How do we how how was the schedule formulated at the school? Do you have yeah. do you have students who participate in the hiring process? No. And if not, why not? Because if everything is coming from the adults, then how do students really feel as though you're looking out for their best interest? And while it may seem a little intimidating, it's a huge learning process for them as well. And it also gives them a lot more credence, and it also puts their foot firmly on the ground there so they can say, this is my school. It's true. And they're experiencing that You have school. to have a smaller school for that, that's for sure. You do. You do have to have a smaller school for it. But there are so many. So I like the idea of 
having yeah. the academics in the morning and then the afternoon that there are there's something else after lunch. So when I talked to Jennifer Achari, her program, they do uh, they do creative arts, they do PE, they go bike riding, they do all these activities, and the students get to choose what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. And so if a student wants to work on their project, then they can do that as well. Um, they It's just pretty much open. And that's so, a big part of it. That's like, that's the voice too. Mm-hmm. I get to choose what I do with my afternoon. Right. Yeah, that's huge. So having that, but they're still on campus. Mm-hmm. So, but that's where you do a lot of the community building and that's where you have more interactions that are happening with students. Today, if you take a look at all the schools that we have mm. in Finland, they run a half a day program. That does a lot of good to people. Yeah. Or for people rather. Yeah. And rather than yeah. teaching SEL, why not do it? And that way in the afternoons, you have these different, you have things like they can be doing their clubs, they can be doing their sports, they can be doing all these other activities. And so by the time they leave for the day, they've already had maybe their volleyball and their football practice, their cheerleading practice, they've had their clubs, they've done everything. And everybody can leave. And they don't have to go home and do homework. There it is. Nobody wants to go home and do homework. Teachers don't want to go home and do homework. Mm-mm. But that it should be a community experience. Maybe that's what's wrong with schools. But, you know, let's give students a voice. Let's give them a chance and possibly start figuring out ways to make that a more effective form of... I guess what I'm trying to say is put that into the calculus of how we run the schools. So we don't just have the adults making all these top-down decisions and yeah. they're just little cogs. Well, I'm, okay, so you're talking and I'm thinking, my mind is wandering ahead and we're dedicating 20 minutes to one topic, 20 minutes to the next. Right. And thinking like a teacher, I'm thinking, and if I was a student and I was in a system where no one listened to me, I'd be disrespectful. and that's exactly where we're gonna go now hey everybody how are you doing i'm just here to remind you to hit that subscribe button and also to share this podcast with your friends we are now in over 41 countries around the world and we are growing we don't always hit it right but we still have a conversation that is relevant to the policies and what's going on now today in education and especially alternative education. So we can only grow and we can only do better if we hear back from you. So be sure to leave us a review and send us an email, educationaltriage at gmail.com. So back to our show. I would be, I would be aggravated. I would be frustrated. I would, I noticed it today too. I was in an afternoon, morning sort of separated thing and the afternoon kids were done. They, they were definitely in a different behavior mode than the morning kids, you know, and they were challenging and they were mm-hmm. like, uh, 
it was funny. It was very strange. My mind started sort of thinking about what we were saying is, yeah, they would really do well if they had a choice in the afternoon to do it, uh, to go to another classroom and do uh, uh, some other classwork or to hang out with a friend for a moment or, yeah, to have some choice. That would be a, a real stress reliever for a student in a school. And then if they didn't get that choice, I could see where they would be sort of aggravated and a little bit cranky and disrespectful. Yeah. Because they're and, just tossed into a place that they're yeah, told yeah. that they have to do these things. They're going to be graded on it. They have the afternoon. They have the carb. What do they yeah. call that? What do they call that? I don't know. The, 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 after the after the lunch nappies or something. Eat, I don't something know. like that. The carbohydrate. I never knew. Blues or Whatever it was, I was just done with the day anyway. But you're right. You mentioned that they have to get the grade. And, they, and I was doing that job yesterday and today, and that was exactly the drill in the morning. Now, here's our new grading system. And here's how we're going to do it. And I thought, oh, wow. I was looking at some of the kids. Some kids were wearing sunglasses. And I thought, that's interesting. <laughs> wow. Well, here's, here's something else. And this is for student buy-in as mm -hmm. well. Yeah. And yes, it does play into the, the amount of respect that students have in the classroom, because if they mm -hmm. feel that they're part of it and they're being listened to, mm -hmm. why would they disrespect it? And if their peers are also right there, then, right. Um, yeah, there has to be something. So because if they are interested or if they have some kind of a foothold inside the class, then they're going to be looking for those things. So, yeah. you know, yeah. if you're going, let's say that we're doing English and yes, we're going to be taking a look at X, Y, and Z. Well, then you start differentiating your curriculum based on what the students tell you that they want to do with whatever it is. Right. Now, I was told that we had to read the book night. And so what I did was I read uh, the book out okay. loud to the students in class. I could have had them go home and read it. But how many of the kids are actually going to go home and read it? They're not not that many. No. So we would we would we talked about it. We had great discussions in class. And if they missed it, they knew what pages we covered because that was all online. Mm -hmm. yeah. And they kind of picked <laughs> it up and people helped them out. And so it was when I teach, I te I like the kids to be in a community yeah, and everybody do, plays a plays an essential role in, in some way. So the, the, from my reading, a lot of the disrespect that we see in the classroom comes from kids are not interested. B, kids have no clue what you're talking about because they are missing certain elements of information. So it has absolutely no meaning for them whatsoever. Or it could be they just don't want to do it. And that's when you get a lot of the clowning. Or they don't, they may have this perception that you are not the teacher that they should have. Where do they get that? Their parents. That's an interesting theory. <laughs> I mean, that, that you may be right. Yeah, I know that as a guest teacher, there's a certain behavior they've taken on. 
Mm-hmm. Um, Cause they like to see what they can get away with. They do. And um, so I have a certain uh, approach to it. You know, I know that I'm an outsider mm-hmm. and I know that I'm not, you know, I, I know there's a certain amount of, you know, respect that's given and earned, but there's also a territory, you know, I'm in their territory <laughs> and I'm not going to just say, uh, do it because I said so kind of thing. And at the same time, I'm also not stupid and there are natural consequences to their behaviors and they have to face those. And it's kind of like, I'm not going to be Mr. Garvey. You want to go to war? You know, it's not going to be like that. So I, I am not going to be, um, you know, a hard ass for lack of a better word, but at the same time, you know, when I go out of my way to be reasonable and respectful and I get, you know, absolutely nothing in return, you know, but, disrespect it's like uh you know no that's just not even human respect you know you're not even that's just that's just immature behavior you're just playing me to play me (laughs) you know you're acting you know i'll say that now you're acting like a second grader to second graders that's okay but high schoolers that's not okay you're acting like a second grader or even a third or fourth grader yeah really it is you know you're acting like a second grader, second grader. I've said that to second graders and I kind of laughed at myself, but they're second graders for goodness sake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's interesting though, but it's their territory and they'll group up, you know, that's another thing. Right. Too. I know that it's sort of a strategy they'll use, um, but they do check out and there's a certain um, sort of a bravado that they'll put on like, you know, it, it's sort of vulnerability. I'm a failure and I know it proved me right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, no, <laughs> but <laughs> you're making it hard. Yeah. I like to kind of get through the veneer, but it, 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 you're right though. Some of the parents really, you know, I saw this once where a kid was in a playground. There was a bigger kid and, he went right up between the two kids and he told they were like under the age of six. And he said, if any kid gives you any trouble and he points to the other kids, you kick them right there. And he pointed to lower, you know, the kids nether region kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I went, wow, you're teaching me to be ignorant, and really aggressive in a very young age, aren't you? <laughs> it's like, you know, and these two, two, you know, like children are going, looking up this adult, I'm going, wow, he's relating to you too quite well, isn't he? (laughs) It's like, oh my goodness. But yeah, there's just childish behavior everywhere. Was that a, that was a student or an adult? No, that was a playground I was once at. And I just watched this adult teaches, basically get at the the level of a five-year-old and teaches five-year-old how to deal with a six-year-old. And he was doing really well relating to the two of them. And I thought, oh, my goodness. And you see that behavior in the high school sometimes in the disrespect level. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, my goodness, I cannot possibly get this low you know, to get in there, you know, and that kind of like I said, like when I was guest teaching and I said they were uttering, you know, the S-bomb and the F-bomb. And I said, hey, guys, my favorite thing is to say it's like grandma's dinner table. You don't say, hey, grandma, pass the F and potatoes you know, set and setting, you know? And when I said that, they go, oh, ask this and F that. And they said it louder and louder and, you know, just doubling down on it. And I went, wow, you're just doing that just to do it now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, 
Okay, you win. You absolutely positively win. I am not going any lower than that. <laughs> I just look at them and I say, you kiss your mama with that mouth? Yeah, it's like, yeah, I can't I can't go lower than that. You win. <laughs> or I just stop and I look at them and I say, I cannot believe that word left your lips. Uh, and sometimes that's all you have to say. But you know, after the pandemic, there seemed to be a lot of anger directed towards teachers. Yeah, it was anger. And, it was like, and, how dare you? Cross but there was that. still yeah. there was still a lot of disrespect towards teachers um, in yeah. everything that I've been reading. I mean, I take a look at these articles, and it's like, wow, that sounds pretty recent. And then I look, and it's about eight years ago. Yeah, which is very pre-pandemic, so it's not something that's new. But on the other hand. It is, it, it's just something that happens. And so sometimes parents will tell their kids, I hated English when I was, when I was growing up. I was never good at English. Oh, mm -hmm. math. I don't like math. Here's what it is. If a student is in your class and you're asking them questions, um, you can always turn that around because I always tell kids you haven't learned how to do math yet. You haven't learned how to do these ideas yet, but we keep trying and we get there and some it'll it'll click at some point. English, you're not good at English. What do you mean you're not good at English? Can you speak? They say, well, of <laughs> course I can speak. And it's like, well, then you understand the language. <laughs> So yeah. what is it? And that's when we start coming up with how do we figure out a way for a student to prove that they understand the material? Or how because, do we get how do we reach them where they are? I always tried to get them exactly at their form of expression and then have them excel at that and then sort of have that open them up. Mm hmm. You know, get them to go, oh, I can do that. Now take that and do something a little bit over to this way or that way and make that express itself in a different form. You can do it. Yes, you can. Right. Because sometimes disrespect comes out of fear. It comes out of anger, which yeah. many times comes from fear and frustration. And it just comes from not just not being heard. It. Yeah. It, it, I, I can see the kids, you know, these... The bells they're in these classes i feel it too listen i i'm add if i didn't go into alternative ed i probably would have quit a long time ago <laughs> i would have i just hate it ding 55 minutes is too long a time for these old bones to be sitting around and it's too long a time for the young bones to be sitting around and they know it and they go gosh i'm going crazy and some of these lessons are frankly it's make work it always was and they don't want to do it, um, and but they do it. And some of them don't mind doing it. But some of these kids are like, I know it's kind of not meaningful, but they, they they just don't do it. They just refuse to do it, or they just don't go to school. And it's like, oh my goodness, you know. And they just copitude. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah. And then you know, when someone comes along, they don't quite know, and they say, hey, "You should do this." They go, "Hey, f you!" <laughs> it's like, "Oh, well then," you know, because you, you don't have any connection to them, you know? right? Yeah, but you're just another adult. But they also see the frustration coming out onto the teachers. 
Yeah, and the teachers and are I like bumped in this in, thing too. Yeah. I bumped into a teacher the other day. I was out for a walk and I bumped into one of my former colleagues right. and I looked at them and I said, how are you doing? And they just shook their head and they said, this year has been so much tougher than last year. Oh, wow. And I thought, holy cow, how can that be? And they just, they looked at me and they said, I don't even want to go there. I was in a really good mood and um, uh, now I got to shake this off and I got to finish my walk. And I just let them go. I felt bad, but. Um, oh, no. Yeah. But I was talking to another former student who said, are things really getting that bad? And I, they said that hmm. teacher was always so happy go lucky. And I said, yeah, that's how bad it is. And they said, whoa, I'm glad I graduated when I did. And I said, yeah, because I bumped in because the student was driving by, saw me and honked and stopped. But um, it was it was a weird meeting of the minds. That was, you know, that's crazy because I got frustrated, too. And today I was I was as I was leaving the last period of the day, this last class was just a bear. And so I finally closed the, they go crowding to the door. You know, everybody hates that. And soon the door opens and, you know, they slip out and I go, guys, I walk out the door. I go, everyone back in the door, back in the door, please back in the door. And, you know, multiple times I go that, this is the 10th time in the door. I go out there and I go in the door and I close the door. I go, let's just stay in the room. Nobody opened the door. And I walk away and 30 seconds later, the door opens. And I said, how did the door open? And everyone goes, I didn't open the door. <laughs> <laughs> and I went, oh. And, and then the, you know, like 30 seconds later, the bell rings, you know, and they go out the door and I'm like, oh my God, my breath. And this girl's in the corner and she's, she's got heavy makeup and she hasn't said anything the whole period, but I'm kind of talking and then made eye contact with her and some of my stories, you know, and she never really acknowledged me, but she was kind of, you know, looking, making eye contact and she turns around and she has this little purple heart and she says, you have a good day. Okay. And she kind of had like an, I'm sorry, look on her face. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, Thank you. I, I will. I, I will. I mean, I have. Thank you. And she kind of smiled at me. She had goth makeup on. She's really dark looking, you know, but she had a big kind of smile on her face. It's like, oh, because like, I knew I was connecting with her, but she didn't say a darn thing until she said that at the very end of class. When she oh, with that. With wow. Purple heart. Have a good I day, had okay. two students who were, <laughs> I had two students at one point who were two of the biggest class clowns. That just yeah. drove me crazy. But then during lunch, they would go out and they would get me a milkshake. And they would bring it <laughs> to me. Yeah. Now, they would always put something special inside the milkshake. Uh, and not no. and eight out of ten times, it was a pickle. So I would have a vanilla milkshake with a pickle in it. Well, actually, it tasted pretty good. It was kind of the sweet and savory kind of thing. Yeah. And so um, they would giggle and they'd say, you, you like your milkshake? And I'd just tell them, 
you know, that was actually really good. Thank you. And they say, eh. so it became a running joke. So every day I'd wait for my milkshake with the pickle in it. And once in a while, they'd put something else in the middle of it. But it yeah. Big, oh, okay. It wasn't anything like, oh, it's weed. <laughs> it's like, oh, my God, what? <laughs> no, this is back in the 80s. What? Oh, <laughs> work on what? Acid, what? <laughs> It would be horrifying. Yeah, oh, it would God. be. So sometimes your your class clowns can actually be some of the sweetest kids in the class. I had another kid that was constantly late every day, just chronically late. Oh, no. And I was talking to another teacher who said, you have so-and-so in your class, don't you? And I said, yeah. I said, yeah, his mom just called. And I said, yeah. And he said, she's on the war path. And I said, really he said oh yeah oh yeah she said she's given the husband enough money to bail her out of jail in case she gets just in case she gets arrested so i'm sitting there and we have conferences that night and all of a sudden i see this woman and she goes walking by because we used to do these sort of communal conferences where we would be like this huge circle with all the teachers at tables and she stopped and she looked at me and she goes you hunt well i said yeah and i bet you're so-and-so's mom aren't you yeah how'd you figure that out i said i was told to be on the lookout for an angry mother oh no she goes oh we're gonna get along and she sat down. We had the best talk. Did you? We really did. She and I had the best time for the rest of that year. It was great. Wow. But, you know, you have parents yeah, like that, yeah. and then you have parents that um, pretend. And so you wonder what's going to happen with some of these kids. But by the same token, yeah, I believe that if you have good relationship with your students, and sometimes you just can't, but you have to have a sense of humor with them. And we don't know what's going on in the students' lives, because remember, 1% to 14%. Yeah. We don't know what's going on outside. We don't know what's happening at the parents. We don't know whether or not the kid witnessed something at home. I had a kid whose mom dropped dead. The father turned around, looked at them, and said you don't have her to save you anymore <sighs> and grabbed the kids and sent them off to school. They had no time off for grieving. Well, it's, yeah, what's, you have yeah. kids, but these are kids who seem like just regular kids who are just making it through the day, who've been put into these living hells in their own lives. And so you don't know what's going on. You don't know how out of control their home environment is. And so you try to give them that safety that they can have there at the school. But you can only have that safety, too, if you have an administration, if you have the administration that's going to look out for you and the students as well. Yeah, it's a fine line there. I mean, you don't want to suggest to kids anything no. and you don't want to run around stepping over lines. But at the same time, you care an awful lot about these kids. Right. You just do. Ah. And, and so you just keep that in mind. <laughs> and you never stop oh, giving them the respect 
even if they're not being respectful to you. And we already, I already had to deal with something not too long ago where a teacher was being incredibly disrespectful to certain students mm-hmm. and then broke confidentiality with one of the students. And that just set the student off even further. And then they demanded that that student give them a public apology. Hey, and no. And they were furious because I said, yeah, that's not going to happen. I think the two of you need to talk because they're willing to apologize to you. And they said, no, I refuse to be yelled at. And I thought, okay, you're in the wrong environment. You should not be here. Yeah, that's not the way you so deal with it. it th- you got to get rid of this hierarchy that I am the teacher and you are the student and you will do as I tell you to do. We're a community, we work together, we respect each other, and that's how it goes. Sometimes we may disagree, but then we take a look at where we went wrong and how you went wrong, and we kind of work things out. And that teacher was unwilling to do that, Mm. and um, the consequences weren't good. Respect goes both ways. Exactly. Yeah. And so by giving students voice, by respecting them constantly, And it's not always going to be pleasant, but we try to figure out a way to make them feel safe, valued, heard, wanted, needed, then we have, then we have our viable community. And so with that, I am going to say we have run over time. So Philip, I want to say thank you. Thank you. And to all of our listeners, make sure that you subscribe, make sure that you come back next week. So until then, have a wonderful week. 